You're listening to the OKC82 Podcast with Brady Trantham and Madison Morris. The best place for OKC Thunder basketball. A part of 1077 The Franchise Podcast Network. I did not mind because it helped me not have to like rush back from Texas or anything. So it is all groovy. What were you doing in Texas? Uh, we went down to the Kenny and um, they have like a historical downtown area. And it has, like, really good food, like gourmet popcorn, some shopping, antique stores. And so we just went down there for the day. Well, that sounds groovy. It was extra groovy. Yeah. Yeah, I went and saw Midsummer today with my mom. That was... Nice. It was super disturbing. Uh, it was, oh. yeah. <laughs> have you seen the trailer for it? I have not, no. Okay. Well, I recommend going it, to see it. Wait, is it like supposed to be like a Midsummer's Day or something or Midsummer's Night or something like that? Or is it just like a... No, it's about these college students that go to Sweden and then they happen upon like a, a festival, like a May summer fe- solstice festival and pagan cult stuff it's it's pretty sp- spooky oh that actually sounds very good i want to i want to watch that yeah by the way i am recording so uh this is the awesome. intro to the podcast so everybody welcome what's up, everybody what's up yeah welcome to the wednesday edition of the okc82 podcast it is i brady trantham alongside or not really like she's on the phone but with Madison Morris. But um, yeah, for today, Madison, on Monday, Chisholm and I recorded that podcast and we did our best to cover, you know, not only what the Thunder were able to do on the first day of free agency, which happened to be like a big event. Um, you and I were on the radio with John Hamm and Jerry Ramsey. And all that happened Thunder wise uh, was just Nerlens Noel agreeing to a deal. And then uh, <laughs> he sent out some question marks on his uh, Instagram story, and everybody got like, "Wait, why, how come Woj hasn't reported any numbers? Like, he's literally the only player. Like, he, he will tweet, so and so has agreed to a deal with the so and so, and then t- 15 minutes later, like after he's done talking about it on TV, he reports all the numbers. And with Nerlens Noel, it was the only player that he didn't report anything afterwards. So it was this whole big." thing and then uh finally the following day after chisholm and i recorded our podcast of course nerlens agrees to a deal and also in the meantime of all that the thunder signed mike muscala which chisholm and i were able to talk about but that happened after you and i were on the radio madison and the thunder um monday after the podcast with chisholm also signed alec burks from most notably from the utah jazz over the last few years since he's been in the league um, but overall, I've got to say, Madison, I've been, I was relatively shocked about how active the Thunder truly were because you know, I think you and I, Jerry, John, I mean, pretty much anyone that covers this team on the, on a regular basis, I feel like we've all done our best job to basically caution Thunder fans about, well, look, you know, the Thunder can't really do that much. If they're able to do anything, it's it's amazing. And even even getting Nerlens Noel to stay, A, was shocking to me because I thought he was gone after one year. 
And right. number two, he's staying on the minimum deal once again. So Sam Presti able to keep Nerlens Noel a quality backup center. Um, as of right now, who knows what happens with Steven Adams, but you know that's another story. Um, but as of right now, a, a quality backup center on the minimum, considering the Thunder's uh, financial situation. Just overall, like first two days of free agency, um, really. I mean, not as exciting because the names weren't big, but just in terms of the action that they did, um, kind of exciting, uh, at least for me. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of funny you say that because I was talking to um, like a few people. I was talking to my boyfriend. I was talking to a couple of other people about just free agency and what was going on in Oklahoma City, and they said the exact same thing. They were like, well, this isn't exactly the most exciting thing, but at least something is happening. And I was like, well... I mean, if you dig a little deeper into it, it kind of is exciting. I mean, yes, I agree. They're not big, popular, like juicy names uh, out in the basketball world, but something's happening with the roster in Oklahoma City, and that alone, I think that's kind of uh, exciting in its own. So, yeah, I mean, Alec Burke and Mike Muscala, they're not the biggest and sexiest names in the NBA right now, but it's something new. It's something uh, coming to Oklahoma City that hasn't been there before. It's something that could potentially put this team on a different track to have a more successful season. I mean, there's a lot that could still happen. There's a lot that kind of did happen. I think OKC having the opportunity to keep Nerlens in or like part of the Thunder organization for another year, that alone is kind of exciting. It's just it's not really something to take super lightly because, yeah, there wasn't a lot of action coming to Oklahoma City's way. But uh, then again, I don't know. I mean, guys like Paul George and Russell Westbrook, they're pretty secure in the city. And if you really kind of take a step back and look at it, that's really the only big names right now that would really put people in shock. I mean, I'm kind of not including Steven Adams in this just because that, like Brady said, is a completely different story. And that's still kind of a mystery. But, I mean, I don't know. I'm a little intrigued by everything that Oklahoma City has done so far. And I also have seen a bunch of tweets. I don't know how reliable they are, but I feel like something's still going to happen. And so, I don't know. I'm just I'm just kind of taking a step back and waiting to see what the front office and Sam Presti are wanting to do. But then again, I'm not sitting here thinking, oh, wow, Oklahoma City was so inactive in this free agency. This was so boring. Like, nothing good is going to happen in the city right now. Like the thunder is just going to be the same old, same old. That's so not true. Like they signed a couple of people. They've reached agreements with people. Uh, I don't know, like maybe not huge, incredible, impressive things are happening for the thunder, but something is, and that's worth noting right there. Yeah. Um, you know, if you look at these signings <clears throat> and Nerlens Noel included, if you look at these signings on the surface, they're, you know, they're not going to move the needle. They kind of they kind of go into what Sam Presti told us at his exit interview about how, you know, for three-fourths of the year, we thought we were really good. We were right up in there in the conversation of one, being one of the best teams, not just in the Western Conference, but in the NBA. And you look at the numbers, you look at the results. I mean, that's true. But the sad thing is, is you don't get championships for a two-month, you know, spurt in the middle of the season. You win championships you know, in the postseason, of course. So, and the Thunder's, you know, recent history with the, with uh, the playoffs, uh, three consecutive first round exits and really two that matter because no one gave the Thunder a chance against Houston three years ago. 
And these last two runs have been with Paul George. So two first round exits, two disappointing exits. It, um, these signings, they're not, of course, they're not going to move the needle. The Thunder don't have the money to go after big names. They don't necessarily even have the assets to go after a big name. Now, Steven Adams, that's that's the other, that's kind of the other conversation. There's always going to be Thunder fans that are holding out hope for a potential trade for like, say, a Kevin Love. And th- this is pure speculation of nothing Nothing uh, really to go off of here, but that's always going to be kind of a dream scenario of whether that happens, you know, in in a few weeks, whether that happens in the regular season or the trade deadline, that's always going to be a hope for the, um, for Thunder fans in order to dramatically change the roster. But if you, again, look at these signings on the surface and then take a little bit of a step back, of course, it's going to make the realistic situation be all that more apparent that, you know, guys like Patrick Patterson, they're going to be gone in some way, shape or form they're, they're The front office is probably at least they have something almost set in stone or they are fairly confident that they can get off of Patrick Patterson because it's, it's a long, it's a log jam in the front court uh, for the thunder. So um, with that, you just, you kind of, you kind of just go back and say, well, what would guys like Muscala and Alec Burks add to this team? You know, as is, if they're truly going to run it back, and again, these guys don't move the needle. And maybe like there's a game where Alec Burks helps the Thunder win a game because he's essentially taking the Alex Sabrinas role of being that that guard, that swingman off the bench that can shoot. You know, on paper he's a 36% three point shooter, so he should be able to relatively replace that hole that Alex Sabrinas left on the roster. Um, not not including anything from Abdul Nader or Hamadou Diallo or Terrence Ferguson because those guys still have to develop. But, you know, you, you think back to last year, Madison, Alex Sabrinas won the Thunder one game. He won them that Charlotte game on the road. So, like, once you get down to that, once you get down to that part of the roster in that in that rotation, these guys, these signings, they're not going to help you win a ton of games. They might have a really awesome game and win you one on one particular night when they're just on fire. But overall, this is just this just helps depth. And, you know, my question to you, Madison, because I said it on the radio in the last few days, I don't ever really remember... Um, thinking to myself last season, man, the Thunder just needs some more depth, and then they will be, you know, they then they will be a true contender. I never once felt that the Thunder's main flaw, outside of shooting, outside of X, Y, or Z, was depth. Their their bench was fine, and I could probably argue with you that uh, the Thunder's bench outplayed Portland's, but it didn't matter because the Thunder starters were just woefully outplayed by Portland Portland starters. So. Um, it helps on the fringes of the roster, and if they can get off of Patrick Patterson's salary, if they can get off somebody else's salary, who knows, um, then, of course, they have more financial flexibility and stability, and then you've got to hope, well, maybe, hopefully, Muscala and Alec Burks actually do what we brought them here for, so, I mean, I don't know, depth, I never really f- remembered um, myself thinking, man, they're just, they have a depth problem. Yeah, I mean, I don't think I ever thought that either, because I, there was a real notable point during the season where I felt fairly confident in the Thunder bench just thinking, you know, their rotation is pretty nice. Uh, they have good guys coming off the bench for them. Uh, if like those starting guys needed to be relieved, which I mean, of course, that's going to happen a lot. And there are going to be a lot of teams that you look at in this league and you're just like, eh, their bench isn't that impressive. There's really nothing uh, that's coming off of them if one of their starters has to sit. But I never thought that was Oklahoma City. So that's why I I, I mean, I'm not going to lie, I haven't paid too much attention to Alec Burks and Mike Muscala when they were with another team, so I don't 
entirely know what they bring to the table yet. But, I mean, you have a guy like Muscala. He's going to have fight. He's going to be able to play either that four or five if he is put out there and given some time. I mean, obviously, Alec Burks, I have read about his shooting. So, I mean, if they if these guys are going to be quality bench guys who come off and relieve those starters, but they can also keep the game going, keep the momentum going, and not exactly let, like, I, I don't know, a comeback party happen. So, I don't know. I feel fairly confident that right now that's kind of something that the Thunder is looking at. They're wanting to keep guys uh, on this roster who are going to be good release. They're going to want to have guys that are going to be able to put out there in a crunch time situation or just in a t- they need to release starters and it's going to keep them up and exactly how it's going right now. They're not going to fall back. They're not going to uh, face a deficit that they're going to have to dig their way out of and it can get really ugly real fast. So I don't know. I, that's not, I mean, I agree. I don't think that's ever been a big problem for the Thunder. Um, so I, I don't know. That's just, I agree with all of that. I just am very curious to see how they're going to do if they are thrown out there either in a crunch time situation and guys like Paul George and uh, Jeremy Grant and Russell Westbrook, they need to sit. But, yeah, that's just going to be kind of a game-time thing, and I'm eager to see it. Yeah, I mean, what I've basically tried to do is I, I've looked at these two signings in Muscala and Burks and just tried to think, well, what do the Thunder hope that they are? So Muscala is basically a, a do-over on Patrick Patterson, whereas when he was signed two years ago, the Thunder thought he would be the Toronto Raptors version of Patrick Patterson, a pick and pop guy that can swing the ball around. He's a really good ball mover. Um, you put him in the corner, he's going to knock down dagger shots. He's going to knock down big shots. And unfortunately for Patrick Patterson, you know, whether it's due to health or just his, you know, his age and he just kind of hit a wall athletically, it just hasn't worked out. And, you know, even in a best case scenario, I mean, maybe the Thunder are able to get past Utah if Patrick Patterson is more like his old self. You know, if the Patterson experiment had worked, um, but even if Patterson had worked, I don't know if it moves the needle that much for the Thunder's overall success in the last two years, just because yeah. a lot of this just falls back on Paul George being healthy last year. And then kind of overall, it's kind of been the the dark cloud over the Thunder over the last few years when it mattered is just Russell Westbrook making it a, you know, a personal battle against just whoever he deems needs a personal battle with. So um, it doesn't really, to me, it doesn't really matter about the other guys because the Thunder have, they've got a good array of, of other guys. Could they get better? Of course. And I think kind of in an ideal world, the Thunder hope that Hamadou Diallo, Terrence Ferguson, Deontay Burton, and I don't even want to say Darius Baisley's name, but he's a he's unofficially a member of the young core of this team. I think in an ideal world, the Thunder want those guys to make a leap so they don't have to go after an Alec Burks type. And, you know, speaking of Alec Burks, I would probably say for him, the best case scenario um, would just be the Thunder are going to need a scoring punch in some way, especially at the beginning of the year when, um, oh, wait, what's this? No, no, nothing. Never mind. I saw Sham's tweets. I saw Sham's tweet something. I saw Kawhi and I was like, oh, snap. I saw Kawhi's name and I was like, Todd, Brady, Todd. Oh, God. The the worst thing that can happen to us is we record like a 45-minute podcast and we're like, yeah, that was a good show. And then we hang up the phone and I start uploading and then the Thunder make a a Stephen Adams trade and then everything we just (laughs) did was pointless. So we've got to do it over again. Erase. Start over. <laughs> um, but I guess real quick before we get to the next part, um, with Alec Burks, like I said, I think the Thunder realize they're going to need a scoring punch. 
um, especially early on in the year in any way, shape or form, because Paul George is, he's probably not, he's not going to play training camp. And then who knows when he's healthy and then who knows when he does return, like how long does it take for, take him to get back into game shape? How long does it take for him to play up to the level that he was capable of last year? You know, it's going to be kind of a process for the Thunder at the beginning of the year. So a guy like Alec Burks, like if he if he has a good October and November and December, that'll do wonders for the Thunder's record. That'll do wonders for the for the Thunder overall. So, um, you know, that I just wanted to kind of dive in for 15 minutes on just those signings. Um, they've been talked about at nauseum at Mass. I didn't have a chance to talk to you about it, but also. I really wanted to give you the floor with this, and I didn't prepare you for this because I wanted this to be raw emotion. Oh, I'm ready. But you're I'm full of raw emotion. <laughs> but your boy Myers Leonard, he's gonna look good in a Miami Vice pink uh, basketball jersey, isn't he? Florida tan. I hope everyone's not listening to this podcast. <laughs> he's gonna have that nice Florida tan. Those Vice jerseys. I've been like a diehard fan of the Heat, like Brady has, which is awesome, but, like, I would totally buy one of those Vice jerseys. Those are so sick. Yeah, the blue ones look awesome. Oh, my gosh, yes. I saw a picture of those uh, very recently, and I was like, oh, man. I think someone tweeted it to you, and I saw it, and I was like, oh, my gosh. Imagine Myers Leonard in that good night already. So, yes, Miami's getting a good one. Yeah, I mean. He's good at basketball, too. <laughs> no, like, but uh, real talk though, like, how how do you feel about Portland just losing? I mean, they they traded Layman, they've traded Myers Leonard, all, they're left with Zach Collins, and he's, I guess, I mean, I don't know, I guess he's a good looking cat, um, but you know, Portland, Portland, they're no longer the clone model team. So I, I just I was wondering basically how how you've dealt with the loss of this team, how you've dealt with just the earth-shattering news of these trades and I, I just hope that you're doing okay you know what's disappointing to me is the fact that i actually thoroughly enjoyed watching portland as a team just because i was such a big damian lillard fan and i mean of course it had its perks because it had myers leonard on there and he was very easy on the eyes and now i'm just like you know of course i'm still gonna like watch portland and i really do like damian lillard big cj mccollum fan also i think those guys are so good at what they do but now I'm just like, dang, they're not, like, easy on the eyes anymore. You can't really, like, watch Portland and be like, wow, I'm getting, like, a double whammy right here because I'm seeing really attractive men play my favorite sport, and I get to watch some of my favorite players at the same time. But you know what? It's okay because now all of a sudden I'm a Heat fan. What's going on? <laughs> well, yeah, like, I mean, I reacted on Monday to the Jimmy Jimmy Butler trade pretty much being official with uh, Hassan Whiteside being mm-hmm. dealt from the Heat, so – uh, the Heat fan in me from the time when I was 11 years old was was pretty happy. I know Thunder fans really don't give a damn about my Miami Heat fandom, but oh well. Um, <laughs> real quick, shout out to Matty Moles at Matty Moles Pod. He was the guy who uh, tweeted me that awesome picture of that jersey that I'm for sure going to buy in some way, shape, or form. Maybe <laughs> maybe from a foreign land. I don't know, but <laughs> we. Um, yeah, like, uh, de- trust me, I'm going to be walking around with the Jimmy Butler, Miami Heat, Vice, Blue Jersey. So, um, nice. uh, I guess, Madison, you know, I don't really like talking about this all the time because, A, he doesn't play for the Thunder, and B, he hasn't played for the Thunder in three years. <laughs> and I'm, of course, talking about our old friend Kevin Durant. Um, you know, you know, you and we were we were on the radio 
um, Sunday right at five o'clock, which meant we were on the radio an hour after it was public that Kevin Durant was leaving Golden State to go to Brooklyn. And I'm just curious, like really quick, have you had a chance to dive into any of the info that's kind of dropped in the wake? You know, it's it's come out like in tweets, it's come out like in feature stories about how Kevin Durant never really felt like one of the boys in Golden State, or he he just kind of felt not alienated, but because because he basically walked over and joined the Warriors, an established championship team with mm-hmm. guys that knew their roles, with guys that were familiar in their own territory and built into their own environment there in, in the Bay Area. He he just never he always felt like an outsider, and I, I'm just curious if you've had a chance to dive into any of that stuff yet. Oh. Poor Kevin Durant. Okay. Well, no, I haven't exactly dived into any of that yet, but okay. So this is just purely my own speculation about who Kevin Durant is, kind of his character and where his mindset is in all of this. I feel like, and I'm a total outside party. So just making it clear, this is just me speculating, but I feel like when Kevin Durant uh, left Oklahoma city to go to Golden State, that was his chance to kind of be part of uh, obviously a bigger market, obviously a bigger fan base, maybe even, uh, well, obviously a title, a title winning team. So that was his opportunity to be a part of that. Yeah. He got that first taste of it and it was awesome. But then I think it started to become a, you know, I'm just, I'm just a piece in this. I'm not the leader of this. And that was kind of more of like a reality check for him saying like, wow, you know, I, I kind of just walked in on this and it was, it was just something that I had to work one season for and I was able to achieve it, but it wasn't exactly me leading the way. It was more of like me just being a small component in it because Golden State has Steph Curry and Clay Thompson and well, they had Andre Iguodala and then Draymond Green. It was just, it was one of those teams that really plastered those guys in the spotlight and Kevin Durant just kind of waltzed in obviously being the player he is and the kind of talent and the reputation he has yeah he was welcomed with opened arms in golden state because that was a big thing for them to get another all-star caliber player however i really felt like kevin durant reached a point where he realized like i'm I'm never going to be the face of this team i'm never going to be the guy who leads this team to victory obviously there were nights and i mean big portions of the past couple of seasons where yeah, maybe he was the leader. Maybe he was the one that was really making the moves for the night. Maybe he was the one that was, you know, knocking down the game-winning shots, uh, having the most points of the night, making the best plays. But it, it just didn't matter. You know, that fan base just is all about Clay Thompson, all about Steph Curry, all about Jamon Green, like all about different guys. And it was never just the Kevin Durant show. And so I'm not just saying this as like a salty Oklahoma City person. This is kind of just something that I have taken away from how defensive he can get, how temperamental he can get, but at the same time, how he, I mean, he just, he interacts to all of this criticism on social media. So he either A, really does get bothered by it, or B, he really enjoys the attention that it brings to him. And so him making that move from Golden State to Brooklyn, I just really felt like that was another one of his, like, well, this is my opportunity to go take a team that really like didn't have too much of a leader. And I mean, the guy that was making a lot of noise for them is now going to golden state ironic. And so 
I, I just felt like this was Kevin Durant's chance to go to a team, make this team his, make this city his, make people get on his side, and him have, or like finally have that chance to really have a fan base that was just all about him and him kind of be like the spotlight of Brooklyn. I mean, obviously, that's not going to happen this next season with his injuries. I don't even think he's going to get a second of playing time unless he makes some miraculous recovery that's really speedy and fast. But that's just kind of like me as an outsider looking in on Kevin Durant and just seeing his time. Uh, that doesn't surprise me at all that he felt that way in Golden State because, yeah, like he was never going to be the guy at Golden State. Even if he was the guy of the night, the guy of the game, he was never going to be the guy at Golden State. And so I think that's just really bothered him. And I might be totally wrong, and uh, I highly doubt anyone connected to him will ever listen to this podcast, but you never know. You never know. You never know with Kevin. You honestly never know. So I'm putting a disclaimer out again. That's just my pure speculation. What what the heck do I know? But I don't know, y'all. It just it seems a little fishy to me when he just bounced from Golden State all of a sudden and was in Brooklyn. <sighs> Look, I... A lot of this is kind of weird to even talk about another human being that I, I don't know outside of him being a basketball player. And I also don't want to give too much away because I'm, I'm working on something right now um, about Kevin Durant that I was going to drop tomorrow for everybody's July 4th reading pleasure. Um, you know, nice. the fact that it's going to be, you know, three years after Kevin Durant left Oklahoma City, that's completely coincidental. But, you know, that's the way some of these things work. So uh, please give my... Uh, piece to read tomorrow if you're bored and you're waiting for your uh, burgers to grill and you're drinking a beer yeah just give it a read but you know this whole thing with kevin we all predicted this madison everybody right. pre- everybody predicted this and, and not exactly how things went you know of course no, no one can see the future but everybody made the easy predictions on july 4th 2016 that yes the warriors are going to win a title they're going to win a title for as long as these guys are healthy and playing together. And that is true. The second they got hurt, they didn't win a title. So that was true. Um, Kevin, you're going to go to that team. You're a better player than Steph Curry. Nobody would argue that, but it's not your team. It's going to be Steph Curry's team. Um, you're leaving a team in Oklahoma City that is yours. Like, this is your team. Even with a team with Russell Westbrook on it, even with a team that was going to have Victor Oladipo and potentially Al Horford, if the Thunder, if Kevin Durant had stayed and the Thunder won a title with that team, that would have been Kevin Durant's team. So everybody predicted that too. And then also, um, I don't know if you had a chance to, and I asked you the other day if you subscribed to The Athletic, which shame on you, Madison. But again... We both, we, we, we are working, we are young in our twenties we're working. We don't have as much money as we want. So I understand. So I'm not shaming you, but shame on you. Um, yeah, Marcus Thompson put out a good feature right after Kevin Durant announced, um, he was leaving for Brooklyn and amongst a lot of things that were in that piece, uh, there was one paragraph that really jumped out at me and it was, a source now a source is telling Marcus Thompson all this and we can make our guesses as to who this source is um but a source told Marcus Thompson that you know Kevin never really felt like one of the guys and it was because Steph had family and he had kids and a wife and he could never really be hung out with like on a deep you know like bro level unless his family was involved same thing with Draymond Green who has a child um Clay Thompson is I I believe he's single 
Um, but he's China Clay, like in the off season, he does his own thing. He he's he's <laughs> kind, he's kind of a lone wolf. Um, yeah. So Kevin, people predicted that too. You were walking into a situation as pretty much a hired gun. Now you are one of the best players on earth. You're going to go down as one of the best basketball players to ever play the game. You're going to be one of the best scorers in the history of the game. But you're you're walking into a situation that wasn't yours. I mean, you did nothing wrong. That's just those are just the facts. And of the 437 reasons he used um, for leaving Oklahoma City, you know, in the wake of him leaving the Thunder, um, one of them that I kind of kept in the back of my mind was he. I, it was in the Mercury the Mercury News. Um, he was referring to a Rolling Stone interview he had done. It's that Rolling Stone magazine cover that I send you randomly that makes you feel a little awkward. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, the Kevin Durant one with the uh, wife beater on. Uh, <laughs> oh, that was so uncomfortable. He should not be wearing a wife beater. That just, it didn't fit. <laughs> no. It didn't, it didn't fit his image. It, it fit his body. It didn't fit his image. <laughs> But um, he was referring to that in the Mercury News um, article about how, like, apparently he said that they grew apart. But he was like, but yeah, we grew apart just because, like, Russ hung out mainly with his family. And then he got married. And I'm single. And I just want to hang out with, like, my my teammates and my friends. Okay, well, Kevin, that's that's what happens when you get older. Like, when you're in your 20s, when you're in your teens and your 20s. Like, yeah, you're, you're going to go to work. You're going to hang out with your boys until like two or three in the morning. Like I did that too in college and I don't even play basketball. I don't even get paid millions of dollars to play basketball. And then I hit my mid twenties and my late twenties. And then I stopped doing all that because I've got other things that I have to worry about. Like, and I still have great friends, but I don't see them every, every night. I don't see them every week. I don't even see them every month, but they're still my friends. But you know, that's what happens. You grow apart in life. And Kevin apparently experienced the same thing in Golden State. He is just searching. He's like searching for something that he's never going to have because he willingly walked away from it in Oklahoma City. And yeah, like him and Kyrie and DeAndre Jordan, they're probably best friends. They're boys. But they're also going to be in their 30s. They're also going to like, I think DeAndre Jordan has a child. I think Kyrie Irving has a girlfriend. So I hope none of them get married in this year where Kevin Durant doesn't play because then that's going to greatly affect Kevin Durant unless he grows up in that sense. And again, it feels awkward for me to say because like, I don't know Kevin Durant, but this is, these are things that have been either out of his own mouth or reported about him that are believable because they corroborate with what he said in the past. So like these things affect him like, dude, that's life. You're like, you, you had your chance to do that in Oklahoma city. And you walked away because you valued getting a championship ring over anything else. And then the other thing, and I'm going to circle back to the beginning. The other thing that everybody predicted, those, these rings that you win in golden state, they're not going to matter. No one's going to really, no one's really going to say like, wow, he really earned that when he um, beat LeBron James in, in two finals matchups, LeBron James could only win one damn game against these golden state warriors. That's how good they were. So yes, no one like when people rank championships, they're probably not going to put Kevin Durant very high. They're going to put like 
performances like Dirk Nowitzki or Michael Jordan or Dwayne Wade uh, well above Kevin Durant with the Warriors. Yeah. And that's just the fact, and I'm sorry that that's, that's what it is, but when you try to manipulate the game so much like Kevin Durant did by going to Golden State, the game's going to clap back at you, and this is the game clapping back at him. So I hope, I hope he figures out whatever he wants to figure out. I hope he gets happiness because I don't wish, you know, I don't want anyone to be unhappy. And I love watching Kevin Durant play basketball. So hopefully it works out in Brooklyn. But um, anybody ever see Kyrie Irving in Boston last year and how much of a disaster that was? I mean, good luck. (laughs) Honestly, that is something I had never even thought about. The whole, like, family. Like, these guys are family men. They have kids. They have wives they go home to. They're not trying to, like, go grab drinks at the bar after a big win. Like, that's not... That's not something they're going to do. So that actually totally makes sense because, I I don't know, I mean, if I was surrounded by a bunch of people who were married and had kids and, like, they didn't want to do anything, they never wanted to go anywhere, they just wanted to, like, go home, I'd probably be a little bored myself. I don't know. So it kind of makes sense, honestly, that he sees more of an opportunity to be single Kevin, to be the basketball Kevin, to be the guy who's solely focused on basketball and winning and forming a team bond and all that good stuff in Brooklyn, then sure, like, go on and do that. I mean, I don't I don't know the status of the rest of the Brooklyn Nets and how they're doing with, like, wives and kids, except for, uh, isn't, like, one of them, like, married to Andre Robertson's sister and they have a kid together? Yes, like, uh, Spencer Didwitty. Yeah, Spencer Didwitty, yeah. That's- played at Colorado with Andre Robertson. I don't think he played with Alec Burks. I think Burks left and then Spencer Didwitty came to Colorado the year after. Uh, gotcha, gotcha. Yes. So, yeah. so look, like I, I hope to God none of these none of these players on Brooklyn are married because it's going to affect Kevin Durant apparently. <laughs> and he's going to leave again. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know. But yeah, well, that... no, Madison. Really, really, really quick. Are you going to be surprised if he leaves in three years? No. Oh my God, no, not at all. I expect him to leave in three years because he's going to find something wrong with it, and he's going to find an opportunity somewhere else. And it's just, I don't. I feel like he's kind of the type of player where nothing is good enough. Like, that's just kind of something that I see in his eyes. Like, I feel like things just aren't good enough. It wasn't good enough at Golden State because he didn't feel like he, like you said, he didn't feel like he was part of the boys. He didn't fit in there. And he, like, wasn't able to be a standout there. Exactly. So he's going to go over to Brooklyn. Oh, my God. Sure enough. And probably less than three years. I mean, he's probably going to have a pretty toxic last year there. And then he's going to get the hell out of there. Like, I, I just, that's what I expect. I think a lot of people expect that just because of his behavior over the past Oh, I don't know, three, four seasons. Yeah, and you know, you you even take out the we haven't even really mentioned the fact that he's he's not gonna play for this first year and Madison, you've been around oh, yeah, a- that's true. Yeah, Madison, you've been around athletes, you yourself are, are a college athlete. You've been around athletes for a long time. When these guys get hurt, and I mean Andre Robertson even told us at the exit interview, when these guys get hurt, you know, they're not really around the team as much as you'd think. They're they're in different yeah. rooms getting working on like rehabbing their body. Um, during games, during practices and shootarounds, they're they're getting uh, massage, they're getting rubbed down, they're getting they're getting medical tests. They're just not around the team, so it's really easy to because of the situation you feel alienated. Now, right. something that I kind of thought about was you know, even with Kevin Durant healthy, I'm not sold that this Brooklyn team, unless they make some dramatic changes. Like, cause that roster, that roster that they're walking into is nice. And Kyrie Irving's an all-star point guard. And Kevin Durant is, like I said, one of the best players ever. 
But just those two guys with, I mean, DeAndre Jordan, like four years ago, that would have been cool. But this is DeAndre Jordan now. Um, he's he's not a two-way player. It, he's he's not a guy you can play in the fourth quarter of a playoff game because he can't shoot free throws. Um, yeah, like that roster, I, I'm not convinced that this is a championship team. So then you add on to the fact that KD is not going to play for that first year. What if Kyrie Irving really just explodes and really wins that fan base and really shocks, you know, the NBA world by making Brooklyn, I don't know, like a, a three seed. Cause they're a kind of a middle tier Eastern conference team right now. But what if he really works his magic and, um, you know, has a lot of success with Brooklyn in year one, when Kevin Durant's off the floor, then your brain says, well, you know, you add Kevin Durant to that, then they're a championship level team. That's not how Kevin Durant's brain works. He's going to come yeah. back and, you know, God willing, he's 100% healthy. He's going to come back, and then the second he doesn't get the cheer that he think that he deems he deserves because that fan base watched Kyrie Irving play basketball for a year and kick ass, and they're in love with him, and they're like, all right, Kevin, what are you going to do now? Like, it's, it's like you said, it's not going to be enough. But, right. you know, again, hopefully – you know, what Jay Williams said on ESPN today is true and that Kyrie Irving and Katie are like brothers and this is kind of a transcendent relationship that Kevin didn't have, apparently with Russell Westbrook. He didn't have a Steph Curry or anybody else that he's played with. So hopefully it's that because um, I would hate, and I know Thunder fans, <laughs> look, I, I completely understand why Thunder fans are upset with Kevin Durant. I Like, I'm not trying to sit here and say that you're wrong for harboring bitter feelings against Kevin Durant. But for just me personally, I would hate for a guy's career that is so he's going to be so historically good. When you look back on it, I would hate for everyone's first thing to say about him was, yeah, he has no legacy because he just kept jumping to teams and kept trying to stack the deck by joining golden state or, you know, whatever. Hopefully it's just more about his play on the floor and not all this silly stuff. That's kind of followed him since he left Oklahoma city. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think it's going to be super, super interesting to see how his first... I mean, we all know how his first season is going to go. He's not going to do anything. His first season on the floor. His, yeah, his first season on the floor. So in two seasons, to see how that goes when he's out there with Kyrie Irving and uh, the rest of the Brooklyn Nets. And I mean, I'm sure people are, in Brooklyn are really going to respond well to him. And he may have a hell of a first season on the floor with Brooklyn because... That might be his time to really shine. He might make some major moves for Brooklyn, and he may come back super strong from that um, injury. But my goodness, I don't know, y'all. I'm so ready to see Kevin Durant in a black jersey wearing Brooklyn or Nets across his chest because that's going to be so weird to see. It's just going to be weird. So, I mean, yeah, every little point that we made about Kevin Durant, I really – I think we might be on to something, honestly, and I think people who have reported that uh, might be on to something because these guys, they're humans. Like, they possess a lot of human qualities that sometimes, like, I myself kind of forget about because I just see them as a basketball player and kind of a superhuman athlete, but they're humans. Like, they do some weird stuff. They have weird personalities off the court, so... Who knows? Kevin Durant, he just might be a weird dude who doesn't exactly know where his personal life is going, and he is just seeking that, and he kind of wants it to coincide with basketball, but at the same time, he wants basketball to overpower it. So, y'all, I don't know, but <laughs> Kevin Durant's a weird dude. He's a weird yeah, dude. Yeah, and, and look, you, you, you don't need anyone's permission to not be weird or to be weird. Like, you just be yourself. 
I, I get freaking weird. Like Rudy knows <laughs> that I am so weird, and I don't even care. Like that's just my personality, and I'm proud of it. Well, I, I guess like my my whole thing with Kevin is like. I mean, I don't even, I don't, I don't really even know, which is kind of silly because I'm supposed to know these things, but I guess overall it's just like, dude, no one is doing any of these things to you. Are people being mean right. to you? Yes. Well, that is just a sad fact of life that it's just always going to be there. But you like Kevin, you are the one that has said X, you know, you've said X, Y, and Z, and then X, Y, and Z happen again, and it happens again, and it happens again. The common denominator is not, you know, these outside factors. It's always you. So, you know, figure that out so we can appreciate the basketball player, and then that you can, that you, the individual, can be at peace. So hopefully he finds yeah. that. But um, re- really quick before we get out of here, Madison, this morning I woke up to a, few, a handful of tweets. One of them was yours. And I thought Alex Abrinas had returned to the Thunder, and I, in my brain, like as I'm waking up, I'm like, now how the hell can they afford that? I, like, what is going on? And then, you know, I'm still trying to wake up, and I watched this video, and on, it was I didn't actually go to Instagram, the app. I went to Twitter, clicked a link, and I saw the video. And because it wasn't Instagram, the entire video screen wasn't on my phone screen the bottom of the the shot where the subtitles were were not in view on my screen and so it's just alex sabrina speaking spanish and i'm like dude i don't speak Spanish. like what is he saying and my 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 girlfriend can kind of understand spanish like she's trying to learn how to speak spanish and i was trying to wake her up say like hey help 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 and then i accidentally (laughs) scrolled down and was like oh i'm an idiot but yeah, Alex Abrinas is making his return to basketball. Apparently signed with Barcelona, so he'll be there with uh, Nikola Mirotic. So that should probably be a Euroleague super team. Um, but you know, good, good for Alex Abrinas. I'm glad he got over whatever it is he was dealing with, and he feels comfortable enough now to return to basketball. So that was a good sight to see. That was awesome. That was the first thing I saw when I woke up this morning, and I think our phones are like. I think there's, like, some type of weird wizard inside of our phones that just puts that, like, at the top of our timeline, knowing that that's what we want to see. So They're, um, they're know, all watching us, Madison. They know what we want. It's real creepy. They're listening right now, too, and they're going to put Alex Sabrinas, like, again on my timeline or something. <laughs> but um, it was the first thing I saw when I woke up this morning, and it just was such a birthday to start today because I was always such a fan of Alex Sabrinas. He was always so kind. Like, we'd talk to him in media scrums or even like at community events and so just seeing that he was playing basketball again that he was back to kind of his old self just like really getting back out there and obviously like um obviously he's not coming back to Oklahoma City right away if he ever even does but that was just such an exciting thing to see just seeing him feel a little bit better saying that he uh, was dealing with some stuff that he's no longer dealing with it, that he's feeling a lot better, feeling a lot healthier mentally and physically. That was just so awesome to see. So I, I got so excited. I, I don't even remember even what I tweeted, but I was like, senior! <laughs> so it was just, that's just really awesome because when you see a good guy go out with whatever he was dealing with, it's it's so sad and disheartening. So to see them come back and feel a little bit stronger and better and more confident in their game and in themselves that's just so awesome to see. So 
honestly, big congrats to Alex and wishing him the best wherever he ends up uh, after Barcelona and what and his time in Barcelona. That's just fantastic for him. Awesome, awesome for Mr. Alex Abrinas. Um, Madison, I don't know if you knew um, because I only found out because I did a radio spot with Jerry Ramsey and Kelly Gregg today, and he was like, oh, yeah, you, you're going to be doing the uh, Basketball Insider Show on Saturday with Madison and Aaron. Uh, so I guess Mr. Aaron Davis will be joining us. I don't know if you knew that. Yeah, right on. Yeah. Yeah, I, it's it's funny. Like he, he said it so nonchalantly and casually as if I was already supposed to know, and I was like, oh, Okay, I mean, I'll be there, so cool. <laughs> That's usually how it goes. Jerry's like, oh, yeah, you know, you're doing this. I'm like, yeah, no, I didn't know that, but now I do. Thank you for telling me. <laughs> oh, shout out so, to Sounds great. Yeah, um, but yeah, Madison, uh, thanks for uh, spending some time with me tonight after your long trip to Texas. So um, hopefully, hopefully nothing happens in the next... Um, I'm going to give it like 30 minutes. I mean, I'm going to upload this thing as soon as possible because it's a 30 minute grace period. If we upload something and nothing happens in 30 minutes, then if something happens afterwards, this podcast can still exist. So, um, so just pray to God, nothing big happens with the thunder in the next 30 minutes. Yeah. Make them wait. Cause we had good combo tonight. Like I thought this was a good one. So I enjoyed it. Thanks for Oh, thank you, Madison. And, um, yeah, everybody just tune in, uh, to 107.7, the franchise 107.9 in Tulsa on Saturday from 10 to noon. It'll be, like I said, Madison Morris, Aaron Davis, the producer for the triple M ranch Monday through Friday from three to six and myself. And we might have a guest. We might have a fourth person in studio. I don't know, but I'm sure such short notice i don't know but we'll we'll figure all that out so tune into that and like i always say if you're out of the market um download the app and you can listen to us if not we're still going to bombard you with that radio show and we'll upload it we'll upload the thing on the weekend for the third podcast of the week so um yeah thanks once again to miss madison morris but uh this is brady trantham y'all have a good night